Hey, everybody. Let's welcome Jeff to the podcast. So great to be here. Tell me again what you were saying about butchers. You know, the less meat that I eat in my life, the more I appreciate what, what the, like the metaphor of a butcher. Like a butcher is like a, a great butcher. It's just like a clean cut right to the soul, right to the heart of it. And so that's what we were talking about, about, you know, the, one of the things I like about you is you cut to the quick, you cut to the heart. Oh, thanks. I'm going to say that's my Scorpio moon. I just can't stand like small talk and I will do everything I can to make a real human connection with someone as quickly as I possibly can. This is the last time that I've asked somebody either where they're from or what they do. So um, it's probably a decade. Wow. I get to it. I usually get to those questions like, but yeah, it's not the first thing. Well, actually one of my first <clears throat> favorite questions to ask is um, why do you do what you do? Oh, so Jeff, why do you do what you do? <laughs> why I, I do what I do because it brings me joy and it also sparks joy in others. After living, you know, a hell of a long time of doing things for others, it's pretty cool to know that, you know, you would do what you do just because it brings you joy. That's a great place to start. It is a great place. It's a very empowering place to start, actually, um, because when you're doing the right thing for you, like when you're on your path and in your soul's purpose, resistance and like bullshit will just come up at you. And like if you don't have an internal fire to continue moving forward, external yeah. validation will only take you so far. And like eventually you just kind of land, you know where you land. So Jeff, let's start, since you like to start deep, let's start at your breakdown that became your breakthrough. Like what was that moment where you like kind of realized that Madison Avenue type advertising was like not your soul's purpose and you were going to like hard career pivot to be like a wandering artist, explorer, connector, fashion designer. Wow. I, I, the, yes. And, you know, we'll, we'll go there right now. And it's pretty cool when you talk about external validation. Let's make sure we get back to that because that is like, it's so central to everything that I've learned in my life. Um, uh, but, you know, to answer your question specifically, um, yeah, I mean, I jumped over the fishbowl um, in 1995 from, I was after a decade in advertising. Um, and became, you know, a serial entrepreneur. But, you know, that really wasn't the, that was the start of a journey of, of, of being cool with uncertainty. Every venture was like a better mousetrap or a pivot of a thought or behavior or what have you. I mean, did some crazy stuff. I mean, back, you know, in 95, we, um, I was, just going way back, but um, we developed a pre-internet, um, uh, an inter interactive kiosk of college campuses, you know, for a new media vehicle for colleges, kids to be met with, 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 um, you know, with um, excitement by marketers. And then we did, I did other things along the way, but really it, it led up to um, really to, to my pivot, which was more of a personal pivot that um, was, um, I mean, look, the quick background is that I, I lived a life of, um, as we like to say, shooting all over myself. Oh yeah. You know, I I I did all the shoulds and, and I and you know, I was empathetic to everyone's journey, frankly, but my own. Um I was a lifelong people pleaser. Um, you know, I suppressed and repressed my creativity, thinking that that was for other people who were more worthy. 
And um, so I was always the amplifier for other one, everyone's visions. I was, um, you know, keep, I kept the peace. I, and in business, you know, I was, um, I was always sort of the um, taking other people's ideas and, and, and seeking to share them in the marketplace through interesting partnerships. Along that path, um, I was, while I looked really healthy on the outside and Jeff was really, you know, happy, um, on the inside, there was always like a dis-ease. And, you know, it manifested itself in my 40s. Um, I, twice a year, like habitually would get sick and, and, and it would always start the same way, right here, drop into my lungs. I had walking pneumonia three times in seven years in my 40s. And I had to do, you know, I had to, um, I knew I had to do something. So I went to a Chinese medicine doctor thinking like, okay, Western medicine's not helping me. And so that, that's exactly what I was expecting to have happen. That he was going to give me the blue pill and I was going to be jettisoned off into the rocket ship of all is good in my life. And he prescribed bark chip tea. Um, but, but afterwards, he t- you know, before he, he did that, he took my pulse and it was actually kind of a really kind of a, a really woke moment for me um, of being met with um, honesty because he, he took my pulse. And I don't know if, how many of your listeners have done Chinese medicine, but it's interesting because when they take your pulse, they kind of like dance around. I'm thinking of the guys, I got total quack, like you can't even find my pulse. And he, but that's the way they do it. And, and yeah. so he, he, afterwards he says, look, do you want me to give it to you straight? Ooh. You know, at that point in my life, I wasn't really, you know, seeing any, I, I was afraid of my own dark, you know, but I didn't know what he was going to say. And I said, okay. And he said, look, you're, you look healthy on the outside, but you're, um, you're not long for this planet. He said, your vitals are, are off. You're a shallow breather. You've got a weak, um, you, your, your lungs are on fire. Your, your kidneys are, are burning. It's just like, there's something, there's something really going on inside you. Whatever's going on in the relationship with you, with yourself, with others, something needs to be remedied. And I was in a relationship that, you know, was quite honestly a, a beautiful love relationship in many ways. And it also, you know, fed all my, um, you know, um, past Michigash to be a people pleaser and all the things. And so, um, and so after prescribing bark chip tea, which didn't <laughs> work, it was just a mess. I ended up, my, uh, um, eight years ago, two weeks ago, my life changed forever. I, I took a workshop at Esalen called Claiming Your Voice. Mm. And even the story behind the way that that even transpired was I was looking through the brochure and, um, you know, flipping the pages and, and you know, all the workshops felt like it was like awaken your inner unicorn dharma you know it just all felt very woo woo but this one landed for me where it says do you ever feel that other people's opinions hold sway over your own yeah that was my life um do you ever feel that you're living somebody else's truth to such an extent that you don't know what your truth is i had no idea what my truth was my purpose or anything like that if you do your workshop is for you and it was claiming your voice and remember this is where i always get sick so I haven't been sick in eight years, um, and um, it's not because my life is perfect. It's because that I've been living my truth, and I've been willing to express, and I've been willing to press past any um, aspects around um, fear and um, and and realizing that you know Joseph Campbell had truly had it right that the cave that we most fear to enter holds our greatest treasure. Mm. Yeah. And like also the thing that I think people forget 
when they're constantly seeking external validation and looking outside themselves for answers to the questions that are really just inside that cave is inside you like you don't have to go anywhere you can just like get there like i mean you probably i would say people need help right like having a workshop and having people like kind of shine a light for you on on ways that you can explore yourself like that's really helpful like getting help with that but like it's there it's just inside you and like most people are seeking like you know addiction dependency like people pleasing all of that is just looking outside yourself for an answer that is always just right inside and there's we we i'll say it this way i'm i'm with with full um self-love humility and and appreciation for what for this gift of of life you know i am nothing without you without us and 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 it's a beautiful thing to to realize that the magic is always in co-creation we are better together and at the same time you know as i like to say you know the thing is never the thing it's our relationship to the thing Mm -hmm. and so what is our relationship like to that to, to things outside of ourselves and if we can do it from a place of um of um, non-codependence, you know, because that's really what external validation is. There's nothing wrong with external love. There's nothing wrong with, it's, there's nothing wrong with anything. I mean, I could, we could unpack any word, any thought, and we can really unpack it. It's like the thing is never the thing. It's our relationship to the thing. Like yeah. fear is not the enemy. It's our yeah. resistance to fear that is the enemy. You know, we could say like, you know, love is 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 always the higher arc, um, and yet I could even say, what's our relationship like to love or being loved? Maybe I mean, love is always pure, but being loved, seeking love, it's it's that that can be like a lifelong heartache, as opposed to um, you know just being having the spirit be alive inside us. So um, yeah, this is some serious deep in shit, but it's really beautiful when we just unpack everything in, as it relates to just what's our relationship like to that. Yeah. And, you know, as Byron Katie, you know, I'll, I've had so many little angels along my journey who have like touched me who I've never really met, but Byron Katie, the incredible teacher in three words, you know, she's been one of the pivot points of my life. You know, it's just asking the question, is it true? Mm. You know, what are, what are the stuck stories that we, that we, tell ourselves that we just, you know, we choose to stay in the wound. We choose to press replay. And uh, yeah, so look, I mean, this, it's, I've, it's beautiful to go in the deep end. And I like, uh, you know, um, Ali Bogart, beautiful yoga, um, yogi instructor, everybody should follow her. Um, you know, she, she said something once that really landed for me, which is so depth is not always best. Right, like I love to go to the deep end. I could go there now, even though I spent a lifelong not. At the same time, we can just sort of say, like, how do we want to breathe in this next moment? In this next moment, because you know, there's one thing I learned um, from my beautiful mother, who um, you know, my my relationship was never more beautiful with her as her Alzheimer's continued to go deeper, and she sensed his past three months ago, four months ago. But, you know, this idea around um, all we have is this present moment. Mm-hmm. And um, within that, we can have presence and perspective and patience and, um, and certainly peace. Ooh, I love, I love alliteration. 
So thank you for that. <laughs> Presence, perspective, peace, patience. Definitely patience. So Jeff, tell us, um, tell me about like that process of like, you were kind of speaking to your, your body was hitting alarms, right? Like you're getting alarm bells cause you're getting sick. Um, you're seeking alternative perspectives, which I love that you went to a Chinese medicine doctor, which I have done that before. Life-changing. So good. Um, I wish I could still go to one right now. You were like kind of unfolding your life and kind of examining what was going on. Talk about some of the changes you made and the shifts you made in your life. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the, the most important shift that I, um, that I made was a, um, was a willingness to, um, to be fully expressed in whatever I was feeling as an, as an, as an artist and a creator, which I'd never seen myself as. And, um, that, you know, th there's a beautiful expression that my dear friend, Jess magic says, which is do what you do not to be good, but to be free. And I've never felt more free than 2016. You know, when I walked away from the business that I co-founded to embark on this journey, which had no, um, playbook, no roadmap, frankly, um, no even, um, it frankly didn't even have a objective, but it did have a mission. And the mission was to, you know, remind us that we're all golden inside and we're all connected as one golden thread. So Jeff and I met for people to get more of a backstory. We met on a trip to Israel. Um, and Jeff was giving us bracelets like kind of one by one like with this beautiful sacred ceremony like with a knot and like I have now had oh I love that you have a golden thread with you um I had I, I've had three I think now because like I would run into you like at a dinner party I'd be like Jeff my thread broke <laughs> I need a new one and it was funny because like two times I never noticed when it broke it just disappeared and then the third time you had said to like pay attention to when it breaks, like what, what you're thinking about what's going on. And the third time was a really profound moment when it broke. And it was like, really just like a, a nice hit from the universe, you know? And, um, but yeah, like that was really beautiful. And like, and I really feel like you were, that's when we met in 2016, you were just in this exploring place where you were examining who you were and examining the world around you and connecting to people. I feel like there was a trip to Burning Man in there. Um, there was nine trips to Burning Man, you know, a couple plant uh, plant ceremonies uh, with <laughs> ayahuasca woven in, and um, and you know what have you. But it really was was just um, something that I I had discovered, and, and as we've all gone so deep into this, you know, a word which you know I'm more than happy to unpack with you, spiritual, which is you know I think a a word which I'm seeking. Uh, which I'm ce ceasing to use that word for uh -huh. reasons we can talk about in a moment. But you know, for 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 me, um, I, I had just discovered that after. Can I drop into a little flow tree? Oh sure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's not a Jeff conversation if there's not flow tree. Listen, after all the love shops and workshops and mountain tops and. The single greatest lesson that I've learned is that when we choose to listen to ourselves, we're good. In fact, we are golden. Mm. So I ask you, could it be just possibly that simple? That's it. We are worthy. We're enough. We don't need to be fixed. 
that we can choose to let go our old stories and just shed that shit. There's no need to change because to truly heal, we can choose to well and just reveal. We see it's a choice to release, dis-ease to ease, to renew from within a welcomed inner peace. And within that reveal, we can embrace what is real, any numbness wells to feel all the feels. If we are just open to being open, we trust the trust. Synchronicity fires within we and with us. So for me, the most dope expression of a bridge was back in the day with the man himself, JFK, who said, rising tides lift all ships. Well, perhaps residing inside is the secret of self-permission to pivot. So even in these uncertain waters, casting us all most adrift, to simply stay grounded and committed to your gold, you each become both the rising tide and the ship that lifts. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, I love it. So that's right. That's what. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you're totally right. I think any day, um, anybody can at this very present moment just decide everything is good, everything is fine. I don't need to change a thing right in this moment, and just be okay in the moment and proceed from there. And just like releasing the stuff that you no longer are. I feel like that is a lifetime, you know, work. Like for me, I'm like constantly finding another level of like limitation that I'm in that has to do with what other people think about me. And then I'm like, Oh, that's an old thing. Be gone. But it's like, just, you know, it's a revealing and a releasing, revealing, releasing. And, you know, but it has to be okay. Like in that moment while you're moving forward, you know, like, um, so, tell me- it's so funny. It's so funny. You use those two words because I, I, I ascribe it the same way, releasing and revealing you release yeah. it. And then you reveal what's new. You've washed it away and then reveal. Look, yeah. It's a, it is, it is a, what I've discovered and literally it's, I, I counted it up once and it was almost, it was almost embarrassing. And I included Burning Man in this as well. Thousands of hours. I mean, thousands of hours of personal development and exploration. Here's the truth. And for me, the secret that I love, it, it never ends. It will yeah. never end in terms of the depth of the universe that you can go, which is, which is a double-edged sword. It's great. And it's also a, ch- a choosing it's, it's again, it's what's your relationship like to that process? Because if, if we want to stay in the wound, the wound will is, is ever will, will ever be there. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that's one of the things that I did quite often in my life, which, you know, from 2012 until 2016, and even frankly, I'd say open to even this year, I, I was, even on that Israel trip, I was really serious was really serious and you know what like none of us are going to get out of this thing alive anyway as they like to say yeah it's true so yeah so this whole idea about like spiritual and i'll just say it since i brought it up is um spiritual it's like a spiritual practice okay it's it suggests like you're you you need to do something to become something you need to do that you need you must what what are you doing how are you a spirituality as opposed to I like to unpack it as that you know, you're spirit full. Like you are already full of spirit. 
So just reveal it. You don't need to do anything. There's nothing to do outside of being the best version of you, mm. which is, by the way, you know, you're a miracle and miracles are messy. So self-permission to make a motherfucking mess. Jeff Scope. Thank you. Okay, cool. It's okay. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to look perfect. And, you know, perfection is like um, one of the greatest lies ever told. Anyway. It's a, one of the greatest enemies to true creativity too. Like I feel like lately as an artist, especially in these like coronavirus times, I'm just all about like, do it, like get it done, like do like make an effort and like, don't, don't get tweaky about it. Like I make a choice about which things I make that I really aim for like really revising and like getting to a certain point. Like it might be some aerobics you know that I teach or like maybe like a full aerobics production video but like you know the weekly classes I do every week I half the time I'm like oh, I should record record that again like do it again and I'm like oh this is one and done we're not perfectionist we're just living we're creating a moment to share with people and that's it and if it's not in that moment it wasn't meant to be and it can be in the next time and like so really getting clear with myself about what's a production and what's something I'm really producing which is where like that's I mean it's a perfectionist battle it was agony doing my workout videos like because it was just constant editing revising editing revising but like when I can be free and just play and create and like have fun and be in the moment, like that to me, I think is more medicine than the fancy shiny stuff. Mm. Mm. What does that medicine feel like? Um, it feels like joy. It feels like play and it feels like I'm not so serious. Like what you said about being serious. I find myself being serious all the time. Like I'm a Capricorn. I run a lot of businesses. I'm busy. Like I do a lot of things and like, um, I really appreciate play energy and it's actually something I've really been working on since my ex and I broke up a while ago. Like, you know, it's been a year and a half almost like our dynamic had a lot of play to it. And so it's like, I'm really working hard to experience play by myself without having a playmate. And like, that's been interesting to like get myself to levity on purpose because I need it because that is medicine, right? Like I think the play energy and the experience and the joy of life. And, you know, when I turned 40, I was like, I got to laugh more. And I just told God to like, bring me, bring me to people who make me laugh and show that to me, show me that I need to spend time with that person by having them make me laugh. Well, as you like to said, you are a modern day Santa Claus. So you just bring joy to everybody. I try. I mean, that's really, truly my joy is to be, to be in my delight and bring that delight to other people. Any questions? That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the mic drop. I mean, being your life and bringing joy to yourself and others. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, tell me about like the One Golden Thread movement and like how that kind of became a clothing brand. Yeah. <laughs> They're beautiful, by the way. Like Jeff is making some incredible flowy unisexy clothes that I'm, I'm actually dying to try them on. Cause like unisex and unisize, like one size fits most for a fat girl is a nightmare. So like, but like you, you said you're the fit model and I feel like I could wear clothes that you're the fit model for, especially if it's like a really good quality fabric that's stretchy. Like I'm like, actually I could probably kill that. So tell me how that became a thing. As we said, you know, one golden thread started as really just a, a connection movement. And then, you know, I came to realize like we, the human experience is love and the human condition is a motherfucker. And so we forget we're constantly being bombarded by the outside forces. And so 
what if we, you know, we wear things, you know, around our bodies, you know, whether it's a tattoo, if you wear a tattoo or whether it's a piece of jewelry um, and as reminders. And um, I came to think, you know, what would it be like if we literally clothed ourselves in something that felt like um, it was a second skin? What if we clothed ourselves in something that reminded us that we are nature? And so I started playing with this idea of, of fabrics because it's the one thing that we all have in common when we're not naked, you know, is wearing clothes unless you're at Esalen, um, which is clothing optional. Um, and so um, I really, I, I went on a deep journey around the world and found this amazing innovation company um, in Lensing, Austria, that um, is sourcing, ethically sourcing regenerative trees from these densely populated Harry Potter-esque forests, these beech and eucalyptus trees there, that you can, um, that the wood can be pulverized into this fluffy, really durable, super soft fabric and reconstituted as, um, as clothing. And we, then I found this other material called, which is the top 1% of ethical cotton called Supima, and we wove it together. And literally when you put it together, it feels like nature's cashmere, somebody said. It feels like a second skin. It, it makes you 33% more padable. I mean, you just want to hug yourself all the time. And, and that was really, again, that was the mission of One Golden Thread. And so I just started going deeper and deeper. And it started with me designing, for me, the world's perfect tea. Like, what, what's the perfect tea that I could never find? Um, and, um, and I designed it and it was, and I broke every rule in the book because I literally, I was the only fit model that I'd ever tried anything on. And as it turns out, I am, I am androgynous, I guess. And I'm like, what I'm like, because everything is with the exception of the tree shirts, everything's, um, one size, uh, loves all. And it just fits and looks great on everybody. Everybody puts it on. It conforms to their form. It's wraps, it's long things with hoods and flow and things that you want to just live in and be in and breathe in. And, you know, we wanted, um, from day one, though, I wanted to build this as a new kind of clothing company because nobody, well, perhaps your listeners are woke AF and know all about the dirtiness of the fashion industry, but it's soon to be our most polluting industry. Um, we, it's gotten the, the, the hall pass of all hall passes. I mean, for those of... Um, who might appreciate a few numbers, there's 80 billion pieces of, of new clothes that are made every year. 87%. Oh. 80 87%. billion. Can we just like put this in perspective? There are 8 billion people on the planet and not everybody's getting new clothes every year. So the fact that like 80 they're, they're, billion pieces. They're, they're, they're overproducing. And that's why you, you see things like LVMH burning millions of dollars of, of clothes and, and all these statistics that you'll see. I mean, it's, it's insane. There's an overproduction and then you sell it on discount and what you don't sell, you, you, you burn or you throw away in landfills. It's, it's the dirtiest industry that nobody knows about. 87% of clothes will be, will be, um, that are in this year will be either um, incinerated or put into a landfill within 18 months. Wow. Only, only 3% of those that are thrown away are sustainable, meaning good for earth fabrics. So we're throwing away things that are plastic. So if you care about that plastic water bottle, it's the same thing with plastic clothing. And in some ways it's as bad. 38% of the microplastics in the ocean come from the clothes, not only that we toss, 
but also that we wash. Because every time you wash something that is made is synthetic, it releases 64,000 microplastic particles into the water. Well, why does any of that matter? Well, so studies are now showing that, that humans are ingesting on average of about a credit card a week if you're drinking water or eating fish um, of plastic. Wow. Because the plastic's getting into the waterways, it's getting into the ocean, it's, it's, um, it looks like plankton, the fish eat that, we eat the fish, what have you. It's also now rising as condensation off the ocean, and now there's something called nanoplastics that are now studies are showing, and you can look it up, are now, it's raining plastic. Now, the sky's not falling, this is not Humpty Dumpty, nobody needs to get out the razor blades. What I'm saying is that we could be aware of what's happening and say, the world's going to be fine. We're not, we are, as humans, are not here to save the world. What we're here to do is how are we going, what's the experience like that we're going to have while we're here? Because the world will be fine. It's just what's the experience like we're going to have to breathe clean air and to be able to wear things on our bodies that um, are not making us sick. Yeah. And so um, I'm really proud that, that One Golden Thread has been built from day one as a, um, as a new kind of company, which is called a for benefit. Um, and that means that social good is at our core and a give back impact is within our model. And so for our approach is to innovate with nature, to connect to our inner nature. And then um, we have a model that replenishes nature where every item sold plants a tree. So it's all about infinite sustainability and how can we, um, how can we give back? Um, how can we part of, um, be part of a solution by going beyond sustainability, which is actually a fake word and goal because we will always take more than, than it takes to create, um, how can we actually regenerate? And so um, I think it's really powerful for your listeners who perhaps know about this in regenerative agriculture or regenerative food systems is to say, you know, look at companies that are doing things that um, are good for, good for earth, good for earth, good for us as we're walking the earth and maybe they have a model that actually gives back to earth from the resources which it came. So yeah, One Golden Thread is, um, it's been a joy for me to wear clothes that make me feel embodied with nature. And, um, and it's been, a, it tickles me golden to see that other people, uh, you know, love it, love it as well. And, and, you know, if anybody wishes to go to our website, go under love and click on testimonials. And those are real, real quotes from people of the experiences they're having with the clothes. Oh, I love that. I also like, I love that. I, I mean, I, I think fast fashion is gross and like, I am such a believer in secondhand clothes. Like I think um, buying sustainable, reusable things is like, to me, just a huge part of my ethic. And like, cause I don't, you know, you can buy something that's like an investment piece. You know what I mean? Like a one golden thread piece. And that's going to last you a long time. That's like a lifetime piece rather than just like grabbing something because again, you're seeking external validation and you don't feel good in anything you have. And I think people should feel golden in what they wear, right? Mm -hmm. Like to utilize your language. And that, I mean, that starts from like your real deep inner work, right? Like you're not going to solve any part of you by clothes, but it's fun. like, I love clothes. I love to express myself with clothes and I love to, you know, experience the world in new ways by wearing, you know, new to me things. And I think finding other ways to just like get circulating things 
outside of fast fashion and not giving your dollars to like the people who are exploiting slave labor, you know, all across the world and polluting our earth and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's really, it's getting worse. It's like, it's one of those things where like, I feel like I've been talking about sustainable fashion since like probably 2006, 2007. That's kind of when my awareness came to like how vital it was to be shopping secondhand and like not be putting money into the fashion industry. And I mean like great designers who are doing sustainable work, there's lots of them out there, but like not putting your money into, you know, rainbow or like, you know, all of those places. We all know where you can, if you buy a shirt for $15, just think about whose exploitation is on the other end of that. And, you know, well, you're hitting the nail on the head, um, which is, um, I mean, look, yes, it starts with, um, we're going to be here a while, so let's get comfortable. So mm-hmm. that's really our approach, you know, and wear something that makes you feel golden. And, you know, you, what were the hands that touched it? And was there ethics and integrity? And you're right. You know, um, that $5 shirt, what was the true cost of that shirt? Mm-hmm. Um, or that, you know, that, that $30 piece where you're like, how could they do that for that? And these guys were charging this. I mean, there's, there's a great thing to come back to value over price and also for life. Um, you know, buy things that are a lot of clothes or fall apart. Um, you know, whereas, you know, we're, we're, we're proud that we make things that aren't about seasons. Uh, it's for one reason to, to live in it for no colors that are the hot colors. It's just, um, you know, everything we do is um, colors from earth that were inspired by my mother's art. I like that you honored your mom in that. That's really sweet. My mother's art um, was all about um, nature and us as one. I mean, you know, the, the trees or the leaves or the the limbs are part of the, you know, and and it was all about like the incorporation of the, being naked in, naked in nature, you know, being that we are nature. Um, and this was really beautiful piece you see the golden threads coming out of her head this was this was this was done as i was a child i mean i never even saw that piece live which is interesting but it's so this is the theme of um being connected to nature and it's a really beautiful theme for for us all to remember um because look i've had great moments along my life that i've had real sadness and feeling a, a loneliness you know and and, you know, maybe the greatest lie ever told is the illusion of separation. Yeah. Separation, not necessarily between you and I, but be- between, between us, like, and nature. And that, that, for me, gives me a sense of, um, of, of peace and, um, and comfort, just feeling like, you know, the trees are with me and we're, we're all in this together. And it's, nature's not that thing out there, but it's inside us and, you know, we can be touched by it as well. Yeah. Um, what are some things you've done during quarantine that have been really nourishing for you, like self-care wise? I mean, I, I, feel, I feel really honored to be um, close to the ocean. So I've been jumping in the ocean as a great reset. Um, um, getting my feet on the ground in nature, you know, go, doing, being more barefoot um, and touching grass you know every day if i you know to be creative you know create something every day it doesn't matter whether it's you write a paragraph or or you're or we're making something but i I feel really um empowered in 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 creating things that that um 
remind me of um, of my joy, just just being in creation. I used to think of myself as a extrovert, and you know, it's really a beautiful thing to 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 for all of us to love our inner introvert and and come into like coherence. Like, wow, hey Jeff, <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's okay, and, and I, you know, and um, I'm down with you. And if we could each look in the mirror and say that it's a pretty good place to start. Yeah. Um, are you, uh, you're an extrovert, right? Like a real deep extrovert. I mean, I know you from parties, you know what I mean? Like, so I always know you in the context of a lot of other people around, but making really good one-on-one connections, even amongst other people, I find is, uh, yeah, I'm fed, I'm fed by the world. Um, and, I'm finding I'm more of a um, of an extrovert in terms of going in with one. Like I really enjoy um, a deep listening, and 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 uh, and so you know, for I I think everyone has gold inside them, and I love to ask three questions. It's three usually three questions, and after the third question, we un reveal something that they've never said before about themselves, which is really extraordinary, which maybe we could play and do together. I don't know. Let's do it. I'm, I, I think I've done this with you before, but it's been years. And um, also, I think the listeners will enjoy. So what are the three questions, Chef? I don't know. It's just going to come through right now. Oh, um, so it's not the same three questions. You just ask three and get into a deep conversation. Well, it's a, it, it's a, yeah, it's a deep listening um, exercise. And I never know. I mean, where it's going to go, but it always seems to be really, really lovely. So I really want to know, I mean, you're such a, you're, you are such a um, boundless um, gifter of love. Why do you do what you do? Um, I do what I do because I was set free by the example of other people showing me what was possible in life. Um, I really, when I was growing up, I was very, I felt very limited and what I was, what was available to me and uh, what I was able to do and how I was able to experience life. I just kind of felt like there was so much about me that needed, um, I don't know. I always felt like I had to apologize for myself because I was, I, I was taught lies about my body, you know, about my size that I wasn't going to be worthy of love unless I lost weight, which like was never felt possible. And so like, it just was like this constant feedback loop of like, I'm never enough. And so when I met people who were fat and loved themselves anyway, like that was revolutionary for me. And I had never been exposed to people like that. And so because I had that experience of freedom from other people, that's why everything I do is just about finding more peace and more, more centeredness in myself and then sharing the recipe with other people. Like that's really why I do what I do is because I have been set free by other people and I'm just paying it forward. What does it mean to be set free? I think being set free is uh, just really able to be uh, vibrantly alive in a moment and really feeling your life um, uncapped and like, and it's a, it's a feeling and it's not, um, and it can sometimes be like, honestly like an expression you know what I mean when I think about freedom I think about dancing and like to me like dance is such an an important part of my life um because like that to me feels like full freedom like you're just 
you don't care. Like, you know, that cliche, like dance, like nobody's watching. It's true. You know what I mean? Like if you can get to the point where you dance, like I've been, um, in my new living circumstance, I don't have a private dance space. So I'm dancing in my front yard and everyone who drives by and I'm on the busiest street in my neighborhood, everyone sees me dancing, but I have to like get through like another layer of like, okay, I've got to not care. Cause I have to dance like no one's watching so that I can be embodied in my freedom because it's the most important practice I have. You talked about uncapped freedom. What happens when that happens in the world? I mean, I think it's um, uncapped. Like if people could, if everyone could be free, we could change everything. Like I think, I think we have the human intellect and resources to reverse all of the major problems that we face as a, as a species, uh, climate change, um, all of it, fast fashion, all of it. We can all solve it. We all have these nuggets, but we're so blocked up by like our beliefs of what we need to do in order to be okay by capitalism, by systemic oppression, like all of these things like are caps on us. And it's like the, we can just, as we blow them off, we release like our seed, like what we have. Cause each of us, I mean, each independent human is amazing, but humans that are like free and working together and creating excellence together, like that's just astounding. Like there's nothing that we can't do. I really believe like when we're like free and play and like you hear all these buzzwords like culture and like psychological safety. And that has to do with people feeling free to just have ideas and to get it wrong and to play and to try and to fail and try again. Cause success looks like failure about 80% of the time. And that is something I did not understand until the last year. And that set me free because I was like, wow, okay. So this is okay that I keep flopping. Cause like, it's just part of figuring out what works. And mm. like, right. So it's, I just think our freedom collectively is so powerful. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And you know, what, what really like Rose, Rose with excellence is like creating excellence together. It just sounds, it sounds great. And like our individual uncapped freedom creates excellence together. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful expression for living. So thank you for for unpacking that for us. Oh, thanks, Jeff. That was a, a good exercise. Actually, it was really fun to, <laughs> to think that through. Um, I think about that too, like with excellence, just because um, you and I met on a trip to Israel with uh, Oak, who was one of the original cast of Hamilton, and Hamilton the film, which I, which I which I just saw for the first time on the Disney channel and yeah. saw Oak doing his thing. Yes. It was so cool. Cause like I hadn't even, I knew Hamilton was a phenomenon, but I hadn't like listened to it or anything like that. Um, and then when I met Oak, I was like, I should, I should listen to this thing. And so then I got really into it. And, um, and then I finally saw it on Broadway, but like what was fun and I, he wasn't in it. Nobody was in it anymore. Um, that had originally been it, but what was fun about seeing, the movie version of it um, was seeing a depth to the production that you couldn't see before because you, you never got in the faces of the actors in the same way that the movie does. Um, it was also really cool to see Oak actually in this thing. Um, and like, it was just an example of excellence meets excellence meets excellence. And like, that's like a humble excellence because you have to be excellent without your ego playing in it in order to have someone else come in. Because if Lin-Manuel Miranda had said, well, I have the great idea for this and I have the great songs. And so, you know, you can do choreography, but it can't be better than my choreography. 
you know, like it's a humble excellence is like you're doing choreography and you're excellent. So we're going to like create our excellence together. Every, every actor has excellence. It brings excellence to their role. And like, and it's just constantly refining together so that you can make this like monstrous uh, phenomenon, you know, that is Hamilton. Cause it's, I mean, it touches hearts and in a way that I think human excellence really can. And like, and that's to me like where I don't think it's perfectionism. I think it's play that like helps you kind of just keep playing and keep playing and keep refining. And that's where like, for me and my artistic practice, most things need to be a one and done um, in order for me not to bury myself under the weight of perfectionism. But it's something like, you know, where you're, where you're creating a thing that takes years to create, right? Because it's so excellent. Like that's where you, you, you really kind of throw yourself into the tinkering and yeah. yeah, and be staying in the joy because you know, for anybody who's out there who's who's creating and you think if if wherever they are in that process, um, including myself, you know, if, if I would have been saddled or bogged down and saying I want to create something, it's excellent and everybody's going to need this. It needs to be like the Hamilton of clothing or whatever. However, I would describe and put the myself, Hamilton of clothing. <laughs> if I if I was to describe like something that was like so unachievable because something I saw something that was so great, mm-hmm. I would have stopped. I, I would have, I would have um, been saddled in fear. And so many people, I think, um, along our, our journeys, we get, we get saddled in that as opposed to just stay in the joy and stay in the curiosity and stay in what's next and stick with it. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, you know, listen more to your own heart and intuition as opposed to any external validation, which was the way that we started this whole conversation. Yeah, absolutely. For my podcast, I like the visual of everyone just like getting on a porch together and you and I are having a conversation and everyone's hanging out with us and they've all got their favorite blanket and their favorite cup of beverage and like just hanging out and listening. Well, listen, well, listen if anybody wants, um, if anybody wants uh, their favorite blanket as they're listening to this podcast and wants one golden thread, maybe what I'll do is we'll create a Bevan's party special if somebody writes Bevan's party in the comments when chat, they check out, um, I'll see it and um, we'll include a little extra gift. Oh, that's cute. I love that. Um, check out Jeff's stuff, onegoldenthread.com. I love what you're doing, Jeff. I think it's extraordinary. I love interrupting fast fashion. Every time I hear more things about fast fashion, it gets grosser. So like it's, I'm I'm so grateful there are people out there like you like taking a gamble on making something that's like a higher price point like lifetime purchase um which is hard to do. I know a lot of designers, I know it's really hard to like really live your ethics and I'm super glad that's what you're doing. And like I think I'm I it's cool. It's like it's it's so much more than clothes. It's like a movement and it really is like a a connection and there's a vibe and there's a people and like I just you know, I love Jeff Skelt in the world, just out there creating these like incredible connections with people. And like, you know, there's, when I run into people who know you, like, it's always just like a common brightness, you know, um, and a, and a delight, you know? So anyway, I just, I'm grateful you're in the world. I'm grateful you shared your story here and, um, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm grateful for you. And thank you for leading us to create excellence together in the world. Yay. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in. I just want you to know that wherever you are, you are worthy of love exactly as you are. There isn't a thing you need to change to have that worthiness. You do not need anyone's external validation in order for you to do what's on your heart. 
to be free. I love you so much. And we'll talk next time.